This is the Santita Jackson Show. That was a lot of uh, world changing there. Much world changing. Santita actually has the day off. She fooled you a little bit there with the snow thing, didn't she? Just just a little fooling. She should be back tomorrow. My name is Turi, T-U-R-I, writer, just like those yellow trucks. And since Santita has a day off today... I am keeping her chair warm, and she will heat it up to her usual cozy temperature tomorrow when she returns. I think that catches us up, doesn't it? You're listening to Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT. The number, and I hope you're going to need it, 773-763-9278. For those of you who still remember the, you know, the number digital thing, that's uh 773-763-WCPT. And you can also text that number. I got a question for you. Is there anything that would make you stop a favorite activity because it was because of the politics or because of the optics or because of the way a company had behaved? Is there anything that would tear you away from something you loved to do? Because the company that had organized it or the people who ran it were behaving so badly that you could not in good conscience continue to enjoy it. I bet you know where I'm going with this. My spousal unit has pretty much canceled half the activity in the house. We both work at home. Um, Because of... Altogether now, World Cup soccer. Is this a vice in your household? I'll betcha for some of you it is. I'm not a sports fan. So I come to this, you know, easy for me to say, I'm not watching any World Cup soccer. It's corrupt. It's evil. It's bloody. But on the other hand, if you truly, truly, truly love soccer, you will rationalize You will make excuses. You will figure some reason, some way, somehow. And I heard the biggest line of horsewash from my spouse, my liberal progressive spouse, when I said, you know, I just saw that some Qatari emir, not the emir, some some Qatari official actually admitted and this is this is from Qatar, or do you say Qatar, or do you say Qatar, or do you say, well, you know what, if you call about this, in addition to whatever you have to say, I'm going to ask you to pronounce it. Because my theory is that like snowflakes, no two people will pronounce Qatar the same way today. I may bet a quarter with Henry, who's running the controls, that no two people will say Qatar the same today. In any case, <clears throat> it was admitted that four to 500 people died constructing the facilities for the World Cup. And that's what they're copping to. Four to 500 dead migrant workers. And that's the tip of the iceberg. That's not counting the people who are permanently maimed. That's not counting the people who nearly died from heat exhaustion. I mean, it's winter there now, but remember, they were building this stuff in 110 degree heat all summer. 
they built they built luxury hotels not so luxury hotels a port mass transit some hundreds of miles of roadways and believe you me the qataris weren't building oh no 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 not them no do you know that the athletic facilities that they built for the world cup would accommodate the entire citizenry of Qatar or Qatar. Either. Possibly both. So I said to the spousal unit, Mr. Politically Correct, hey, I said, you're watching the results of an abattoir. It's a beautiful sport. On top of that, they're rioting in Belgium. They're ripping the city apart in Brussels. There's a, some kind of political fracas going on in the locker room because, um, because uh, Croatia, no, wait, it was Serbia in their locker room as motivation hung up a map where land that they didn't own, that's Kosovo, they, they just incorporated in the locker room. They annexed a country right in the locker room. Yeah, it'll inspire the team. We'll just put a new map up here. We're fighting not just for Serbia. We're fighting for greater Serbia, even though last time we tried that, it was another abattoir. It's a great game. It's beautiful. The path to Qatar or Qatar getting the World Cup according to various reputable news sources, was paved with graft and corruption. Not to mention the stuff that's out in public, like washed-up international stalker stars getting paid millions of dollars to endorse Cotter's effort to bring the World Cup to them. And we just have to think about it, really. Like, what sense did it make in the first place? You know what this was? This was a, this was a, my belt buckle is bigger than your belt buckle between the countries of the Middle East. It's like, watch this, Emirates. Watch what we can get. And all of, and people dying just so they can show off for each other. Our shopping mall is bigger. Our athletic complex is bigger. In our country, we built an indoor ski, ski, I can't even say it, ski slope. So, so if it were me, if it were, if it's you and you love soccer, is there anything that they could do that would make you say to yourself, you know, I just cannot, I cannot watch this in good conscience, can't see it, can't do it. It's, it's. Too bloody. I can't look at these beautiful athletes on the field without thinking that that field is awash in the blood of poor people who came for the only work they could get because in their country there was none. And in their country there was hunger. And in their country they had families that were counting on them. And they just, oh, they're very proud of themselves in Qatar. They just changed the rule so that you actually have to pay people something like $10 an hour for doing backbreaking work in the hot sun. That's their minimum wage now. And they say that the system whereby you couldn't leave unless the company that employed you said you could, they, they say that they're changing that system. 
are they policing that system to make sure that if it's just too much for you and you want to go home, that like Dorothy, you can click your heels together and say there's there's no place like Nepal. There's no place. No, you're still stuck there. Even though the rule has changed, you can. I mean, that's the other thing in in a country where there is monolithic rule. You can put anything you want on the books. But as we've all learned from sheriffs that say they're not going to enforce red flag laws, like it's not like we have clean hands for everything here. As we've all learned, if you just decide you're not going to enforce a law, the law does not get enforced. So the spousal unit is on the couch watching the World Cup. And I say... How can you? And he says, well, I'm not watching any of the pregame or the postgame shows. I'm not looking at any of that. And I tell him that it doesn't matter. The advertisers count your little eyeballs during the game. They see that you are watching during the game. And all those banners that they're hanging up. And all those ads that they're running, that's all they care about. And if it works and they get enough people to watch, then they'll kill another 500 immigrants next time. 500 international. Why stop there? Just keep killing for the beautiful game. So what would it take? For you to give up watching a sport that you loved or a competition that you loved. I was trying to think if if I personally had ever given up watching something that I had loved. And I could think I I could think of a couple of things. I used to love watching Woody Allen movies. I will not do that anymore. Okay, I have a true confession to make, though. Before I was hardcore done with Woody Allen, he had a movie out I wanted to see, but I didn't want him to have any of the royalties. So I bought a ticket for the other movie in the Cineplex, and then I snuck in. I'm sorry. I did it. Probably wasn't the right thing to do, but I didn't want him to have the money. So I don't even remember what other movie it was that I said I was going to see. I hadn't snuck into a theater since I'd been a little kid. But I did it that time. I snuck. So, yeah, I gave up watching Woody Allen movies. And Kevin Spacey, I don't watch anything he's in anymore. And I suppose, theoretically, I should quit watching anything that Harvey Weinstein ever produced. But that's that's how, you know, that those are my the kind of decisions I make. Because, frankly, if soccer disappeared off the planet tomorrow, my life would still go on as usual. But is there anything in your life where you've just hit a point where the way that it is it created is more than you can handle and you say no more? 773-763-9278. That's 763-WCPT. We're working on getting the text thing going because you may be getting up and ready to go and you might not have time to call. So we'll get the text thing too. So if you just send me your thoughts that way. It is Santita Jackson's show. I am Tori Ryder in for Ms. Jackson on WCPT Chicago's Progressive Talk.
This is the Santita Jackson Show. It is the Santita Jackson Show. I am Tory Ryder in for Santita. Phone number here at Chicago's Progressive Talk, 773-763-9278. It's 25 minutes after 6. Good morning. Hope you're getting up and going. Uh, some of you may be staying up late and crazy hours to watch World Cup soccer, uh, which has to be the strangest political dance I have witnessed in international news for a long I think the last cognitive dissonance at this level was when that I've experienced was when Russia called uh, its invasion of Ukraine a denazification effort. That was the last time I, I heard a news story where I went international news. We, we generate cognitive dissonance in this country all the time. We'll get to that. But that was the last time I saw a news story. I went, <laughs> seriously, really, really. And here's the World Cup, you know, promoting sportsmanship, international peace, uh, rioting, death, dismemberment, destruction. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you've ever had to give up that you really loved because of the politics or the way that the company behaves. It's easy to give up what you don't care about. It's harder to walk away from something that's really important to you. I know that um, somebody I know gave up watching football, loved American football. But considering the way that the youth who play football were treated, he felt like disposable meat. And the injuries and the brain injuries and the rampant sexual abuse of the cheerleaders and the behavior of the owners. He just said, you know what? I don't love it that much. I don't need to watch this anymore and quit. But the soccer thing, I don't know, maybe because so many people play it here, you know, just informally. The World Cup, people get crazy about it and they're not going to give it up, apparently, no matter what. I mean, I don't know what it would take for somebody who loves soccer to quit watching World Cup because this should have done it. This should have been sufficient. Five, they just admitted 500 dead workers. That's what they're admitting to. Uh, that was admitted on, on the, um, do you remember Pierce Brosnan? Remember Pierce Brosnan? Poor guy. Back in the UK where they love him. Pierce, I have one topic here in America. It's guns, Brosnan. And we, we ran him out of this. All right, that's enough. No more talking about guns. Pick another topic. New topic. You pick. He couldn't. He's gone. So, but he did get the Qatari um, spokesperson to admit that basically the World Cup there has been an abattoir. Not to mention all the bribola, paola. And because I know nothing about the sport, there's part of me that thinks, I wonder if they could pay the players enough that Qatar's team I wonder if there's a sum of money that they could give out that would actually make Qatar I mean why not if you can you can get it's absurd on its face that they're playing there I forget which Middle Eastern desert oil rich country it was but if you want to have some fun looking um, at the real facts of a country 
The CIA, believe it or not, has a public-facing website where you can look up what our our government thinks of the of, of the country. And I, it was a few years ago I looked up, I think it was Cotter, and it said a sand-blasted wasteland desert of a country. <laughs> and I thought, well, there you go, the U.S. telling it like it is for once. For once. And speaking of telling it like it is, in a moment, you're going to hear what, what is my very favorite political ad of the entire season. You may not have seen it. It is running entirely, to the best of my knowledge, on the Internet. But um, I'm going to pull the audio for you because even without the visual, it is, in my opinion, one of the very best political ads you will ever hear. And I'm sure you can guess, because there aren't too many ads that need to be running right now, whose campaign is it? I'll give you a hint. South of the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah. We'll do that in a minute. It's Santita Jackson's show. I'm Tory Ryder. It is 6.30. Oh, we're not doing... Ah, look at this. Here I am learning. I'm learning. Okay, so if we can just proceed, they're not going to take the training wheels off me for a while. I get the feeling then I guess I don't have to leave you in suspense. It's the Warnock-Walker race in Georgia. There's an ad running. I love this ad so much. I will describe to you the visual. They get people one at a time in a little booth. Picture, little desk, plain. It looks like your office cubicle, only a little bit bigger. The walls are kind of that office cubicle, sound absorbing, kind of like this studio, sound absorbing. And they put little headphones on them and they show them a computer with Herschel Walker's memorable speeches. Each and every one is a gem, by the way. If you've never heard, no matter how you feel about Herschel Walker, you cannot go to your grave without having heard one of his speeches. It makes, it, it makes Ren and Stimpy look like Oxford debate team. It, it, it's really, I don't even have words. It's, uh, yeah, there's, there's no way to describe it. You, ha- you have to hear it. So they, they sit these people, a whole bunch of Georgia vo- voters, one at a time, down in, in these little cubicles. And the camera and the microphone is watching reactions of these people, you may have seen the reaction videos, you know, on YouTube. It's a reaction video, and the voters of Georgia are watching Herschel Walker and listening to Herschel Walker speak. And I'm just going to share this with you because you have to hear it. Otherwise, you will have lived a deprived life. Here you go. You got to get better. Don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway. Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> is he serious? Is he for real? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? What is he talking about? I never about? knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. Oh, my gosh. He's talking about vampires and werewolves right now. Yeah, y'all serious about this, right? So I've been telling this little story about this bull out in the field. What on cow. earth? 
And three, I'm a pregnant. There's no substance. There's nothing. So you know you got something going on. It makes me want to laugh, and then it makes me think we're in trouble. But all he cared about is kept his nose against the fence, looking at three other cows that had been blown to him. Now all he had to do is eat grass. This video is ridiculous. That's 35 seconds of my life I'll never get back. Why would I want someone like that leading the state of Georgia? I was good at decided to float over to China. Bad air. Unbelievable. So when China gets out good air, their bad air got to move. It's all the same air. Not only does it make no sense, I don't even understand what he thinks he's saying. So it moves over to our good air spaces. <laughs> And now we got to clean that back up. I sit and watch these on Twitter, and I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like, literally, what is he talking about? He's completely unqualified for this really, really serious job. No one's watching this and being like, oh, man, that guy's got it together. I think you and get the idea. We'll, we'll just pause it for a minute. That That is, in my opinion, the best political ad to come down the pike this political season. Why? Because it gives, it restores my faith in the voters of Georgia. I don't know if, if you had this experience, but after the election, which we're all very grateful didn't turn out worse than it did, which is kind of a sad state of affairs also. You're like, okay, well, uh, part of my house burned down, but I can still use the garage I got one bathroom. That's good. That's more than a lot of parts of the country. I can sleep uh, in the kitchen. Some of the kitchen works. That's kind of what the election was like. It's like, okay, we only burned down half our house. We're all right. But I don't know if you had this feeling. Did you look at the results and think 50% of Georgians voted for that? 50%. Lauren Boebert is going back to Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene, just throw your hands in the air about that. Just, you know, her district loves her. She, She really represents her district. But Georgia, Georgia's not some... I'm trying not to insult people. Georgia's not some developing trailer park of a... Oh, here come the people in the trailer parks. I'm sorry. It's not. Georgia's an actual civilized state with cities in it. For Pete's sakes, Elton John lives there. He's, He's... I mean, come on. Spelman College is there. The great academic institutions are the artists. I went to Georgia and I, and I met, he's no longer living, Howard Finster, the great outsider artist. He was, this is not some country where they're going, oh, you know, it would be so nice if we had electricity. No, it's one of our 50 states and 50% of them voted for, can we hear a little more of, of uh, Herschel? I meant to is play it again. I love it so much. Understanding? Or are we just getting a millions of watch the just- <laughs> And now we got to clean that back up. I sit and watch these on Twitter and I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like, literally, what is he talking about? He's completely unqualified for this really, really serious job. No one's watching this and being like, oh, man, that guy's got it together. 
And sometimes, like, I read through the comments because I'm like, is anybody actually understanding or are we just sitting here wasting time? It is embarrassing. Let's call it what it is. It is embarrassing. They just care about getting a yes man. Somebody that had just punched the button. I think it's a risk to me and millions of Georgians to put this man in a position of power. Let's call it what it is. This is embarrassing as hell. At all. I mean, well, you know. <laughs> okay, so... There's the other 50% of Georgians. And and I think I partly love this ad just because it restored my faith in humanity, or at least in Georgians. I needed to feel like somebody in Georgia was paying attention to Herschel Walker and was appalled. I mean, look, I'm as, I'm as partisan as the next person. But I have to say, if you ran a Herschel Walker as a Democrat, I think I might. I I mean, let's put it this way. If Herschel Walker were the Democrat and Mitch McConnell were the Republican, it'd be tough. But I think I'd have to go with Mitch McConnell because at least at least I know what he's saying. I mean, I. I, it's a shameful thing, but you, if you had to choose between Herschel Walker and Lindsey Graham, well, okay, you might just kill yourself, but you get my point. If you had to choose, if you had to choose, and here are these people in Georgia with Reverend Warnock, a perfectly lovely option. A man who has done nothing but serve the community to the, to the, for, to the best of his ability, honestly, with care and ethics and intelligence and ability. And there are people who look at their ballots and go, you know what? No, I, I, want, I, want, I want the guy who's talking about the, the bulls and the pregnant cows and the I want the guy who's sending hope you feel better cards to the girlfriend whose abortion he just paid for and then denying that he knows her. I mean, didn't we get over that stuff in like high school where you date the guy and then he pretends that he never saw you before or asks for your phone number and like on the fourth time he asks, you say, you know what, if you liked me all that much, you would have kept it the first three times I gave it to you. Like, aren't we done with those guys? I thought we would be done with those guys. But no, half the freaking state of Georgia thinks that this is a legitimate option. And this isn't Congress. This isn't isn't where you're one of hundreds of people. Every state gets two. That's all. He's 50% for Georgia. That is not a passing grade if they elect him. No, no, no. So I was really glad about this ad. I was grateful. Thought I would share it with you. Were you Were you also, I mean, it's not, I suppose, we're not supposed to say that we're depressed. We're supposed to only be glad. We're supposed to be on the, well, it could have been so much worse bandwagon. But don't you just find it a little demoralizing that 
that that is the runoff in Georgia? Don't you just find it a little bit demoralizing who got sent back to Washington? Don't you just find it a little bit demoralizing that Lindsey Graham is is still kowtowing to whoever invites him to lunch? I mean, here's the I don't know who is worse. Herschel Walker, who's arguably a man with just a functioning brainstem, maybe, or Lindsey Graham, who's smart. That kills me how smart he is. He is so smart. That man, if he told me the sun was out, I would also pack an umbrella. But he's smart. I'll give him that. And he, you know, they all keep getting sent back. So that Herschel Walker ad, that's all I've got to hang on to now is that Georgians can take a listen to the man and think, huh. But what I'd really, you know, what would there should be an alternate take. There should be the people who think he's swell. I wish they would, because that would be almost as good. People explaining what he's saying. I don't think I could do it for, I don't think I could do it if you gave me the entire bribe of money of what it took to take the World Cup to Cotter. I, I don't think I could make any sense of Herschel Walker. But I'd like to see people try. Wouldn't it be fun? Get a bunch of people in a focus group. Play Herschel Walker giving speeches and, and just ask people, okay, what, what was his point there? What, what did he say? Just, could you fill me in? Um, if you'd like to join this conversation, it is Santita Jackson's show. It is 642 in the morning. The number here is 773-763-9278. That's 773-763-WCPT. I am Tori Ryder in for Santita. Um, and, and coming up, we will also talk a little bit about um, something that's happening closer to home. Because I can't, I can't just rip Georgia. We have a little bit of, well, we have a lot of things going on. But have you seen the news item with um, Illinois Math and Science Academy? Have you, have you seen this? Do you know about the Illinois Math and Science Academy? It is, it's kind of like, how to explain? It's a private school that's a public school for really, really gifted young people in math and science. And it's free to Illinois students. It has fees, which can be high. But if you if you have no money, it's sliding scale fees. Or if you qualify for, if you would qualify for a free school lunch, then you have, pay no fees. They're waived. And this school sends kids to the finest math and science universities. And some great scientific minds are graduates of it. I know one young woman who was, it's a residential school. It's kind of like going to university before you go to university. And it's been a really wonderful resource for the state of Illinois, which I guess must be why they want to sell it off, sort of. I, I don't, I, again, logic that defies common sense. 
they're going to start admitting people from outside Illinois for price. If you pay, I think it's going to be like something like $56,000, I believe, was the tuition. If you want to send your kid to this school from outside Illinois and they swear that it won't affect the number of Illinois students who don't pay anything, who will get to go? It's a freaking math and science academy. Even I can do that math. That's not possible. That's not possible. Oh, no, we're just going to add more places. Well, if you're adding more places, then add them for Illinois. It's like saying, okay, we have this dining table. It seats 12, but we're going to invite 20 people. There'll be room for everybody. What, are you going to sit on everybody's lap? How are they going to do this? I'll tell you how they're going to do this. The same way that every great state institution for university that used to be almost free is now ridiculously expensive. And the people who are taking up the seats for the people that our tax dollars are supposed to be sending there come from other places. For a while, even though I am a proud parent of two Chicago Public High School graduates, we lived in Oakland, California, near Berkeley, where the University of California is now, A, almost unaffordable, and B, almost impossible to get into because it's such a good school that they're taking more and more kids from elsewhere in the country because they pay. Well, let's see. Let's just figure this out. You open up a store, and the store is especially dedicated to people who need food. So you have a subsidy from the people in your community that the oatmeal and the fresh fruit and the fish, it's it's a quarter for people who live in your community because everybody's taxes are paying for the store to subsidize the fish and the fruit and the oatmeal. But The produce is so good and so fresh that people come from another neighborhood and they say, oh, instead of a quarter, uh, we'll pay you 20 bucks. It's really hard to say, no, I just, I want to sell it for a quarter. You're not going to do that. You're not going to, you're going to say, really, 20 bucks? What else would you like? I've, I've also got some celery. Would you, would you like? That's only $15. Would you like some celery? Here, steak. That's only 60 bucks. All of a sudden, your store that was supposed to be serving the hungry and the poor in your neighborhood, somebody's waving money at you, and now you're like, you poor people who needed this food, you can go pound sand. These other people are paying me some serious money. And that is what is about to happen, in my opinion. Get your crystal balls out now to the Illinois Math and Science Academy. The minute you say... Oh, yeah. Well, it's still free for people from Illinois, and we're just going to expand the student base. And so even though the people from Illinois pay maybe $2,000 a year if they come from middle-class families, maybe nothing if they don't, the people who are willing to pay $56,000 a year, they won't be displacing any of those people. No. Not at all. They're just going to sit on their laps. They They won't take up any special room from here on out. And by the way, it's a residential school, so there have to be dorms. So who's building the 
storms. But maybe we'll believe it. Maybe you'll believe it. Do you believe it? It's a great resource. It belongs to you. If you are listening and you're a taxpayer in Illinois, it belongs to you. And even if you don't have kids, you benefit from having an educated populace. You benefit from having young people graduate with these great credentials, go to, say, U of I as engineering students, and then maybe come home, make your community better, discover the next, I don't know, Groupon? They're kind of... Poor Groupon. I shouldn't mock. We have plenty of things we've discovered here. I just don't know why Groupon. I know why, because they keep sending me messages going, here, have a hot rock massage. So it is is a hard thing to believe that it's not going to have an impact. Hard to believe that the same number of kids, and as I said, you know, you you may believe this. You may believe they can just expand and nothing will change. If you water down the soup enough, pretty soon you just have, you know, dirty water with a lentil floating in it. You cannot keep doing that. I should find that the guy who gave the quote that said that nothing will change. I'll find that for It's the president of the school. They have a president of the school which is kind of fascinating. And he says, he says that having people come in and pay $56,000 a year, that will not affect the number of uh, Illinoisians. May I answer this call? Yes. To whom am I speaking? Let's, hello there. Dave, hello. Welcome to Santita Jackson's show. I'm Tori. Good morning. Hello. I'm not talking to terrific Tory. You're speaking to Tory. The adjective is up to you, my dear. Oh, well, okay. Well, so far you've been terrific. Thank um, you. Hey, two things. One, the whole Herschel Walker thing. You were talking about, like, you can't even understand what the guy's talking about. And you know how they have these interpreters for, like, the deaf? Oh, yes. You know, in front of the stages? Yes. Maybe the Republican Party or whatever is going to have to fund somebody to stand by him and interpret exactly what he just said. Do you think it's possible? I mean, I, I don't know American Sign Language, but I would understand the only gesture that, that would make sense listening to Herschel Walker, which is, well, there are two. One, you just throw up your hands in complete... Complete surrender. You know that gesture of just, wow, what the heck? That it, I, I can describe it. You take each hand, you put it by your shoulder, and then you wave it in the air. That would be the first gesture. And the other would be the one where you take one finger, your index finger, and you put it by your head, and you kind of circle it around like the cartoons. But, yeah, those two gestures. They would just go back and forth. Hands flinging in the air, circle by your temple. That's the sign language for interpreting Herschel Walker. I don't know. How, what do you think he's saying? Well, and I, I actually didn't mean in terms well, they need, yeah, that'd be interesting to see a sign language person. I was saying to just a regular person, just a regular person who could, who could uh, speak oh. English. And says what he, you know, reinterprets, you know, like some, you know how like uh, the president or somebody will say something in the Rose Garden and they'll have an analyst say, well, this is what it really said. <laughs> yes. You, know, you, you, know, you make a good point. They have not tried that with Herschel Walker. They have not that, tried that. It no? sounds like that's what they're going to need. You know what I mean? 
Yes. He's not going to be on. You think about it. He won't be on message for that party because he's just going to talk. Uh, you know how he talks off the cuff. Yeah. It has nothing yeah. to do with what they're saying. And they're going to be going, wait, we need this guy to be on point because they always have their message of the day. <laughs> do you do you do you think this is a terrible thing? I used to be an adult literacy tutor volunteer. Do, is it possible that he has difficulty with reading? Well, it is possible. He has. I know. In the last ten years, he did. No, this has nothing to do with reading and stuff. But he did come out and say he he suffered from bipolarism. Yes, um, but we got a lot of nutty. I shouldn't. Mental illness is not to make fun of. Yes. Right. No. 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 I didn't mean it like that. But. No, we don't. But if he's not medicated, he shouldn't be running either. And if he is medicated and this is the best they can do, then they need to send him back for a (laughs) touch-up. Just funny. Uh, uh, One other thing I was going to talk about, you know, you were talking about you lived in Oakland and Berkeley being being, uh, exceptionally expensive. Yes. And if you remember, there was the free speech movement happened in Berkeley where the students, hey, they wanted us like a Bill of Rights for the students. Yeah, the free speech movement has kind of evolved into the homeless people sleeping in the park movement. That's what happened to it. (laughs) Right, right. But but if we go way back, go back, go back and way back. Yeah, even Um, older than I am, you're now you're now asking. Yes. And I, I was this wee little boy back then. Okay. Um, but I remember seeing, you know, or, you know, later on, hearing a little about her history. And, and okay, and I believe, I could be wrong, but Mr. Ronald Reagan was the governor at that time. Well, he's certainly been the governor for part of that time. Yeah, and if you remember, he said, if those kids don't shut up, there'll be blood in the streets. Say that again? He said what? He said, don't you remember his, his, he's had a blood in the streets comment about those students in Berkeley. Okay, you've caught me because this really was before my time. So the actual quote from yeah. Reagan during the free speech movement, I'm, I'm afraid that at that point I was still having my diapers changed. I'm sorry. I don't, my memory is sketchy. At the point where my major entertainment was Tinker Toy, my, my memory is sketchy. But I believe you. I do believe you. And I particularly like your idea of having um, like common. Like, you know how if you are if you're if you're uh, hearing impaired, there are subtitles. And if you're visually impaired, you can have an audio description of what's going on in a movie. I think with the Herschel Walker speeches, we should avail ourselves of the interpretive soundtrack that one would get if one were visually impaired but watching a movie. So it says, you know, the hero crosses over to the dresser and pours himself a stiff drink. (laughs) Terry, do you do stand-up comedy? I don't. I'm not that funny. No, you are. Well, you are this morning. Well, thank you. Can I tell you? Okay, I will tell you a story about stand-up comedy. You got a minute? Sure. Okay, so when my book came out, I um, I thought, you know, I, I should do something with this book. Maybe I'll do some live performance. And so I went to an open mic night. I went to a couple of them in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I I have not heard that much discussion of male private parts 
since sex ed in fifth grade. It's like every guy in the universe. Now I know. Like, all they wanted to talk about was their private parts and their girlfriend's <laughs> private parts. And I'm thinking, what if you got to say that's novel here about private parts? Nothing. But they're all applauding each other. Hey, man, hilarious. Great set, man. And I'm thinking, no, just no. No, no, and no some more. So, um, I mean, I, I know there are women doing comedy. Pardon? If you remember Howard Stern's book, one of his biographies was called Private. Yes. Maybe these guys got a subliminal message out of that title. Well, I will tell you this: the, the part B to this story. I have two young adult sons, and I call them on the air the big and small cutie. And the small cutie is finishing university, and he decided he wanted to try his hand at stand-up. And lo and behold, he started talking about his private parts. I sat the kid down and I said, listen, if you can't think of something creative to say that doesn't involve men or women from the waist down, you have no future. Look at the people who are really doing the specials. Nobody is talking about, I mean, okay, so for a little while, the disgraced Louis C.K., when he started, had a fascination with butts. That was like constant. And turns out that that was part of his deep psychological trouble. So who knew? But then, and the other person, pardon? Then what does that say about your son? Uh, Yeah, I'm worried. I raised him and still we somehow have screwed up. And then Amy Schumer, who I also think is very, very funny. If you listen to her early work, also lots of conversation. And maybe it's a phase. Maybe it's a phase you have to go through. But maybe it probably is, you know, getting comfortable in your own skin or private parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just thought if this is really what you guys want to talk about, let's just have naked open mic night. And then instead of discussing (laughs) your private parts, you can just get up there, wave them around and people can applaud or do whatever you want with them. And then people can applaud. I I don't know. I'm just clearly not cut out for the for the stand up comic life. Thank thank you so so much, Dave. Yes. Whenever you have time, I want to get to that history lesson. How we? I think I got it as 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 well as I'm going to get it through my thick skull. I think I got it, and I thank you so much for calling WCPT. Where you came from? I I will look it up last time next time that I'm out there. Um, we are making our way to news. If you're if you've turned on your radio and usually you hear Santita Jackson and you're wondering what, what private what? I'm Tori Ryder. I'm in for Santita Jackson. It is an honor to be here, and I'm sure that if she's listening to the show this morning, she's like calculating like maybe I could just show up in the next twenty minutes and get this woman out of here. I, I'm just you know sorry, Miss Jackson. We can change the world. Change the world. This is the Santita Jackson Show. It's 
Just about eight minutes after seven o'clock. Good morning. It is the Santita Jackson Show. I am Tori Ryder. That's Tori with you. Ryder like the Chuck in for Santita this morning. I believe she will be back tomorrow. And I believe she will come back even faster now that she hears what I'm doing to her show. Now, I, I, uh, I'm honored to be here. It's been, it, it's fun. And thank you for being with me. We got the text thing going. So you can join us via phone line or by text. Here's the number for Chicago's Progressive Talk, 773-763-9278. That's 763-WCPT. Have you ever had somebody to dinner that you had no idea who they were, that you invited? Did you ever have anybody to dinner where you go, oh, you know, I invited this person to dinner, but I have no flipping clue who is actually coming to dinner. I have had that happen. I have had people come to dinner or lunch where someone is new to the community and someone suggests that I um, include them. And and I'll just say that the last two times I've included people at my table just because somebody said I should have them there, it was a disaster because they were nuts. Seriously nuts. One woman practically put an entire platter of brisket in her purse. Not kidding you. People who were looking around going, what, what happened to the giant platter? And she's just busily like piling it on her plate. And then she asked for a Ziploc bag and she took pretty much the entire dinner and stuck it in her purse. And the other one I'll get to in a minute. Also nuts. So nuts that after she left, my kids who were younger looked at me and said, Mom, what's, what's wrong with that woman? We'll get to her in a second. But the point that I'm making, and you're probably guessing where I'm going with this, it is possible to have people to dinner, but usually not if you have a Secret Service detail. Usually, if you have a Secret Service detail, you know who's coming to dinner. And that's why I don't believe that ex-president and riot leader Donald Trump uh, and candidate, candidate, let's not forget, candidate Donald Trump knew that he was meeting with a white supremacist and Kanye West, who's simply poor baby, deranged. A lot of people are really angry at Ye. I'm not angry at Ye. I just hope he gets the help he needs. And And he can afford it. So it's not like he can't buy good health care. He could go private pay. You know about private pay for rich people? You don't doctors that don't take insurance because they don't have to. Half the doctors in L.A. practically. And Kanye, you know, he could just barter some sneakers if he needs to. So. I feel sorry for Ye, but this guy, and both of them, by the way, from Chicago, Ye and the guy who I will not mention, the white supremacist. No, I will not mention his name. You can look it up if you don't remember. Not, by the way, a white supremacy-friendly last name, slightly too ethnic for your average neo-Nazi, yet the neo-Nazis 
and these other proud boy people, there's one thing they can agree on. The Jews are the evil behind everything that is wrong in America. And uh, and just a moment. I need to drink some of the blood of little Christian babies. Let me take a second here. Just a sec. Little Christian baby blood that I'm going to. Just teasing. That's the kind of stuff they put out there. And the former president, riot leader, aspiring future president, claims that he didn't know who he was inviting to dinner when he invited a white supremacist Holocaust denier to feast with him on whatever they're churning out in Mar-a-Lago these days. What do you eat in that place? I don't know. Whatever the Mar-a-Lago version of Quarter Pounders is, I guess. Steak. Melania's old clothes. I don't know what they give you to eat in that place, and I don't want to know. But they came to dinner. Why? Because if you love Donald Trump, he loves you back. It's really that simple. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you espouse. It's the simplest math in the world. You could be drinking the blood of little babies, but if you love Donald Trump, you're aces with him. You're his guy. It's a little more complicated for women. You have to look good, too. His version of look good which is usually like six feet tall, very skinny, buxom, and with an accent. If you meet those criteria, you may also dine with Donald Trump, if you love him, if you love him. So he had dinner. He had dinner with, uh, with the man whose name I will not put out on these airwaves because he does not need any help. And finally, finally, I don't know why I care what they do, really, but finally, some Republicans apparently have have hit a wall. I didn't think they ever would hit a wall. It's remarkable, truly remarkable, that there are actually some GOP senators and Congress people who who are publicly disapproving of the dinner companion of the ex-president, riot leader, and aspiring future Fuhrer of the United States of America. Let, let's go through the list of a few, shall we? Well, we already knew that Mitt Romney of Utah found him repellent. But I did like the quote. This was in, on Axios. You ready? This is, this is a good one. I wish that I'd thought of it myself. There's no bottom to the degree to which he is willing to degrade himself and the country for that matter. He called the dinner disgusting. I don't think he was speaking of the food here. Although he might have been. I don't know. I've never eaten at Mar-a-Lago. John Thune, minority whip, South Dakota, where people are nice in the Midwest. We're nice here, except for me. He said the dinner... That this, this I thought was a little bit milk toast, but hey, we're nice in the Midwest. He said the dinner is, quote, just a bad idea on every level. I don't know who was advising him on his staff, but I hope that whoever that person was got fired. 
Oh, please. You could advise that man next to him in bed on his pillow. You could advise him at breakfast. You could have a speaker and advise him in the shower. You could advise him when he gets stressed. You could advise him when he wipes his extremities. You could advise that man from breakfast till whatever he eats for his two in the morning snack. And I'm sure it's tasty like everything else in Mar-a-Lago. Delish. You could advise him all day and all night, and he's still going to have dinner with whoever loves him at the moment. It's the only criteria at all. So, I'm sorry, Senator Thune. A little duplicitous here. Try, try to give the man an out by, a, by, by claiming that somebody else was responsible. Which, if you think about it, though... <laughs> is an admission that Donald Trump, former president, riot leader, and aspiring future Fuhrer, that Donald Trump has no idea who he's eating with or who anybody else is. That's also a little scary. But not as, not as scary as the truth, which is that, of course, he knew. Let's go through some of the other fun Republicans and what they have to say. Tommy Tuberville, who fell out of favor with the Donald for not loving him enough. I don't know. Somehow I feel like the Donald would approve of the soundtrack from adult movies. That would be his ideal dinner conversation. Soundtrack from adult. Oh, more, 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 please, more. I'm keeping that conversation G-rated because this is a public airwave. I could do a better one, but I'm not going to. Sorry about that. Don't want to disappoint you, but. Uh, So Tommy Tuberville had this to say. There's a lot of other people I think he could have met with. (laughs) Yes, yes, there are. Question is, do they want to meet with him? But yes, there are a lot of other people that Tommy Tuberville of Alabama thinks he could have met with to help the country be stronger and go more in the right direction. There's no doubt about that. Although he said whether the president apologizes is, quote, up to him. Well, yeah. This is hilarious, by the way. This is like Republicans are fleeing the Trump building. No, actually, they're not. Even now, they're not. They have not hit the wall. They're just like, huh, I think maybe I see a wall. Maybe. Might not be a wall. Might just be like, It might be like a Chuck E. Cheese where it's just some balls that I can slide out of my way. Might not really be a wall. Meeting with Nazis. I think my party could conscience that, you know, if that's the if that's our candidate. Meeting with Nazis is going to be aces with us. Meeting with white supremacists, Holocaust deniers. If that's the direction our party is headed. Well, I I, uh, well, you know. Maybe we could have picked a better dining companion, but, you know, it's, what is this? 
You just show up at a birthday party? Is this like the school dance where you have to dance with everybody who asks you because that's the rule? Is this like when you were a birth a kid at a birthday party and the rule in your class was you had to invite everybody or all the girls or all the boys? Well, if you're going to have dinner, we have to invite all the neo-Nazis. Can't discriminate if you're going to have a dinner at Mar-a-Lago. You can't say, no, you can come because because you're not a racist bigot, but... You know, you you can't come because you're a racist, neo-Nazi, white supremacy, Holocaust-denying bigot. No, you got to invite the whole class. That's what the that's what the Republican Party is reduced to now—a third grader's birthday party. Okay, who else? Those are the ones, by the way, who were willing to go on the record. There are some other people who who also were willing to give statements. Um, Any guesses about where Mitch McConnell came down? Anybody? 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 He says he'll take uh, questions about it during his press conference today. Which should give him some time to come up with some reasonable explanation or excuse. I can't imagine what it will be. But he's Mitch McConnell. He'll think of something. Who else have we got? Congressional Republicans. Well, of course, Liz Cheney, goddess of the Republican Party, called it indefensible. And our very own Illinois representative, Adam Kinzinger, who I actually think highly of, of, well, my mother would be upset, of whom I think highly. He also... uh, called it, uh, what did he say it was? Um, I believe he also called it indefensible. But but uh, there are a lot of Congress people who aren't, aren't having much to say about it. The Republican from Nebraska, Don Bacon, said he is appalled. That's the first one on the record. And I believe he's, he must feel pretty secure about his seat. James Comer, Kentucky, likely next chair of the House Oversight Committee, was on Meet the Press. And he said, (laughs) Trump, quote, needs better judgment in who he dines with. Any ideas how, how he might be able to get that better judgment? Anyone? I mean, can we buy it for him? Can we order it from somewhere? Did we miss our chance on Cyber Monday to get some judgment for the Donald? I I don't. After all these years of watching our former president, riot instigator, future Fuhrer uh, be himself, is, is there anybody who has any idea where good judgment and Donald Trump meet in the same physical space? I... For once, I'm out of ideas. The number for your thoughts, 773-763-9278. That's 763-WCPT. It's 723. I'm Tori Ryder. It's the Santita Jackson Show. I promised I would tell you about the crazy person that I did end up having dinner with, who not the person who stuffed an entire brisket in a Ziploc bag and took it away with her in her purse. This woman... To this day, my girlfriend who suggested I invite this woman apologizes every time her name comes up, which it does occasionally. 
There was a table. It was a dinner. There must have been, I guess, 10 people. And this woman held forth the entire night about her bodily ailments, her horrible ex-husband. I believe she had been divorced at this point for over five years. How much she hated her sister. I'm trying to think if there were any other topics of conversation. I can't think of any. And no one else could get a word in. Like 10. And I, I couldn't. I, now, you've been listening to me. Can you imagine me not being able to get a word in edgewise? That never had happened. Never. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Have you ever been on a date where the person is so into himself or herself? I, I, I don't want to sound sexist here, but it's usually the guy where he talks about himself, talks about himself some more, and talks about himself a little bit more after that, and never, ever, ever asks you about anything concerning yourself or your life. Have you ever had this happen? There's a fun game that women play on a date like that. What you do on a date like that is you make a game of it. You try to see if you can get the guy to go on the entire evening without ever once asking you anything about yourself. You make a game of it so that you can go home and call up your girlfriends the next day and say, I just had dinner with a guy and we were out for three hours and he talked about himself the entire time. And here's the other thing about it. Date with a guy like that. At the end of that date where that guy has talked about himself unceasingly for the entire evening, he will invariably ask you out again because he feels it was such a fabulous time. He had the best time talking about himself. And so he will ask you out again. That dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Donald Trump. Who do you suppose was the date? Was it the Nazi white supremacist from the Chicago area who we will not name? Or was it the Donald? Or was it Yay? Because they're, they're kind of equally matched in the egomania department. Well, I don't know. Donald may, may pull out in front on that one. But the only reason that I can think of why... I would have wanted that dinner to occur was if I could get a tape of it. I would love a tape of this. Somebody has to be, somebody has to have recorded that dinner and that conversation. And it had to have been like one of those dates where somebody just decided that he was going to talk about himself the entire evening. And the, and the other two didn't get a word in edgewise. And at the end of the evening, that person, my money's on the Donald. Because all that had to happen for the white supremacy guy was to be there. That's all he needed was to be sitting with his butt at that table. That, that was a, a win for him. And yay, I'm not sure he knows where he is half the time. Could be Mar-a-Lago. Could be uh, picking up his kids from preschool. We don't know. I don't think he knows. But you can bet that somebody took the lead. Somebody was that guy on that date who talked unceasingly about himself the whole time. That's who that would have been. 
773-763-9278. It is Santita Jackson's show. I am Tori Ryder. I'm looking to tell you um, who else is running away from the Donald. Um, the Jewish Republicans. Finally, they can spot a wall. Yes, they say he's been very good on Israel. But here's the thing. They don't live in Israel. They live here. They live here. So you can love Israel as much as you like. If that guy I'm not naming who's from the Chicago area, the Nazi white supremacist gets his way. I hope you're all rich enough to have private planes because you're going to need to go to Israel in a big fat hurry. In the middle of the night. That's what will happen if Donald's dining companions have their way. That's where you'll be. Hiding. In hiding. It really is interesting. I, I wondered how they could possibly live with themselves. The Jewish Republicans. I mean, Charlottesville didn't do it. Good people on both sides. That didn't do it. He's met with all kinds of fringy, crazy, risky. He's he's applauded Alex Jones. He thinks, uh, what's her name? The Carrie, Carrie Lake, the crazy anchor woman. He's he's. Encouraging her at any election, any Fruit Loop with a with a microphone and a and a scrap of a chance of getting on a ballot is all right with him. And here were these people who who are titans of industry, who've built huge businesses, and somehow they don't have the country common sense of a of a. I mean, a, a preschooler. I don't want to play with him. He takes all the toys. Never shares. And he hangs out with the bully. I don't want him at my birthday party. Nope, nope. At the Donald Trump birthday party, everybody gets to come. It's Santita Jackson's show, WCPT, Chicago's progressive talk where facts matter. This is the Santita Jackson Show. You're listening to WCPT Radio. It is Santita Jackson's show. I'm Tori, T-U-R-I, writer. Like the talk in for Santita this morning. 7.35, as you make your way to work, if you would care to uh, text me your thoughts on the Donald Trump dinner, please feel free. 763 WCPT in the 773 area code. Again, that's 773 763 WCPT. Um, I also want to include in the mix this morning the latest article that I've read on the ex friendship of Elon Musk and Kara Swisher. If you don't know who she is, she's the big tech writer, reporter. She's uh, got her own podcast. She uh, she writes, I think, um, 
for New York Magazine, in part. Yes, she's been. She's done a lot of stuff. I think she was at the. I think she was at Salon, and she was. A, she's done a lot of different gigs. She's kind of famous now for being famous for being a tech expert, and she goes way back, way back with Elon Musk, back when he was an innocent little techie genius trying to build up his car company and his space thing and his bo- his boring bore the high speed tube thing he's I don't even know what's going on with that somewhere in the California desert there's a giant hole that Elon Musk is responsible for as opposed to the smaller hole that many people think Elon Musk has become and um Apparently, she she may have been his last best friend in media, and he called her an orifice, and he's not speaking to her anymore. He didn't call her orifice in that word. He used the other word that most people would use, referring to your posterior orifice. And weirdly, according to Kara Swisher, she was sticking up for him when this happened. He um, he was threatening to pull, I guess, his Starlink that he's been donating um, for communication in Ukraine. And I guess, if I understand the story correctly, he was asking that he be paid for his services. He was tired of giving him away. And the Defense Department was talking to him about whether he should be paid, what he should be paid, if he should be paid. And uh, there was an off the there there was an unattributed quote from someone in the defense department saying well elon's going to elon and kara wrote yeah that that's about right elon will elon and this peeved him mightily and so he called her an orifice even though in her next tweets she went on to say that he should be paid and i I wonder if you've if if you've come to any kind of conclusion about how you're going to interact with the ways that your average consumer may be able to interact with Elon via Twitter or if you if you've been considering doing the uh, politically correct thing if you can afford it and going electric and if you'd been looking at Tesla maybe um I, by the way, my new car is a 2005 mommy van, so not like I'm going to be. And by the way, I was so excited about the Biden, what did they call it? The consumer inflation. It was the same thing. It was the Build Back Better with a different hat on it. But I was really excited because I thought, oh, I'll go solar and I'll save my pennies and I'll get an electric car someday somehow. And then I found out, as many of us will, that um, before you can put solar on your house, you have to have the kind of roof that if a Sherman tank and a hundred year snow all landed on it suddenly all at once... There'd be no problem. So, uh, and the helpful solar people 
by the way. This is, you know, everybody wants solar. We we want it now. We're, we're trying. We're really trying. We're trying to go electric. We're trying to conserve. We've got this money that we're told is out there. You know, you want to... There's so many ways that this is going wrong. There are people who who want to take advantage of energy abatement programs, and it turns out they have to bring their house up to some kind of special code, and they can't afford to do that. And until you do that, you can't get the solar allowance. And in our case... Um, three different solar companies said, well, but you have an old house. And we said, yeah, it's not very energy efficient, no matter how much insulation we put up. That's why we'd like to go solar. And they're like, but you have an old house. Isn't that kind of the point? For a new house, I could build it with walls 20 feet thick. I wouldn't need to worry about what I'm heating it with. Anyway, it was my hope, was my secret little prayer that I would somehow be able to wire my garage and charge a car. That was my fantasy. I don't know if that's your fantasy. That was, you know, I have pretty lame fantasies. They're not really exciting anymore. Some people have, you know, I go to Vegas and win a zillion dollars and hang out with strippers. That's not my gig. I just want to be able to charge a car out of my own garage roof. It's a very modest fantasy. And I thought, Tesla, it's American-made. And then there was Elon. And the only revenge that I can take is to not buy the car I can't afford to buy anyway. But if I could, if I could, I'd be boycotting Elon right now. Because what else can I do? I can sign off Twitter, but then what? I may have to sign off Twitter. It's come full circle. If I'm expecting the spousal unit to give up uh, the World Cup because it's an abattoir over there in Cotter, then maybe I need to give up Twitter because it's helping Elon. Maybe I have, after two hours of being in here, I may have answered my question. What would I give up for political reasons that I actually like? Maybe Twitter. Maybe I'll have to give up Twitter for political reasons. How about you? Are you on are you a, are you a Twitter person? And if so, is that going to be your revenge on Elon or do you have no problem with Elon who is giving a platform to people like our former president instigator of the riot and future Fuhrer aspirant Donald Trump? dinner guest. They're back on the platform. All of them back on the platform. Elon Musk is tweeting white supremacy sig- signals. Pepe the Frog. Which, by the way, if you're if you're going to have a rallying cry. That's a weird graphic to pick, can I say? I mean, I have no love in my heart, of course, for the white supremacists. But if I were advising them, I'd say pick a better logo, babe. That's not that doesn't really inspire confidence or dignity. That just sort of makes people think you're a teenager in your basement with a bong. That's kind of what that looks like. No, am I making am I wrong about this? It's a flipping frog. That's your political logo? It's a frog. Pepe the racist frog. But Elon tweeted him. 
Kara, by the way, Swisher, who got in this little contretemps with Elon, what finally pushed her over the edge um, was his tweeting of a homophobic rumor when Nancy Pelosi's husband was beaten. Oh, the oldest, oldest, oldest homophobic trope. And he, in some crazy right-wing magazine, puts it out there. And Elon retweets it. That's what he did, like, the minute he bought Twitter was start building up the hate again. So I don't really know if I want to buy, even if, if I won the lottery, which I don't play tomorrow, and I got to buy any car I wanted, I had hoped. I really thought it would be a good thing. And now I think... I don't care if he gets 20 cents of every sale. I'm not I'm not buying it. Mustang makes an electric car, Ford. You could get one of them. I can't get any of them. Again, the 2005, that's what I'm driving. So, but but Twitter's free and I can leave that alone. I could do that much. Is there any kind of political um Vengeance that you will be taking against uh, Elon? Or is Elon just going to be Elon for you? And the other thing I wanted to get to this morning, I don't know if you've been following, but the petitions came in. The petitions came in for the um, Chicago Aldermanic and mayoral races. And I should give you a chance to to comment if you wish. 773-763-9278 is the phone number. That's 763-WCPT. The the award for most confident goes to our current mayor, Lori Lightfoot. She doesn't care where on the ballot her name turns up because everybody knows her which is kind of a double-edged sword at this point for her. Everybody knows her. And you know there's a big a big swath of voters in Chicago that would rather just vote for somebody they don't know. Which is how she beat Tony Preckwinkle last time. Everybody knew Tony Preckwinkle. People were angry about the soda tax. They figured they'd give Lori a shot. Well, she's had a shot, so they know who she is. And, of course, there were all the visuals of people with their petitions and Chewy and Lori each uh, standing next to their pile of voter petitions with yardsticks to see. In this day and age, can you believe it? It's still a whose is bigger. This is what they mine's bigger. No, mine's mine's bigger. That's that was the photo that was out there for everyone to see. And then in the true Chicago tradition, what you do is you turn in your petitions and then everybody else starts trying to disqualify you by ripping apart your signatures that you've collected. This isn't a signature. This says Pepe the Frog. He's not a real Chicago voter. No, he's in the suburbs. So... Chewy says he won't have to do that because I believe it's an alderman is going to do it for him. And I don't know if Lori has announced, our mayor, Mayor Lightfoot, has announced that she's planning to uh, 
to fight anybody's signatures. But I think there are um, 11 or 12 people who made it to the to the we've plunked down our petition phase. And now the process of elimination where people try to prove that people's signatures are NG, no good. And uh, there are people who lose their spots on the ballot as a result of this. So uh, the formula, I believe, is you're supposed to have four times as many as you need. It plays out if you're if you're in the suburbs and you haven't seen this process. It's kind of interesting. We um, we have someone in our neighborhood who is running for alder for alder person and we're supporting this person. And the person said that she she felt weird not having a round number. So. Night before last, she was sitting at our dining table while all the voters in our house signed her petition (laughs) so she could have an even number. We just brought her just to the even number, and then she felt better. But there will be. There will be a process now where people start to uh, be pitched off the ballot. So this now the fun begins. Also... um, couple of alder the aldermanic races are going to be I know if you're in the suburbs you're like what what is the hoop de do let me tell you how this works if you're a suburb I grew up in the suburbs I live in the city I too did not understand what was the deal with these aldermanic races cuz there are like 50 of them so you think well who really cares do you want to park your car the alderman is who you go through to get your parking Zone those obnoxious signs that say you can only park here between the hours of five and five fifteen in the morning. If you, unless you have this sticker, that's one. If the if the garbage can on your corner is overflowing with dog waste, that's your alderman. If if people on your block are not moving on street sweeping day, and so you have a pile of used fast food wrappers that could double as a ski slope, that's your alderman. You want more? Oh, there's more. There's more. If you've got a pitted, ratted out community park, which the kids are afraid to go into, that's your alderman. So it's a big deal. It's really a big deal. And they have a lot of money to play around with, too. They get money to just throw at stuff. Could be something really useful. Could be a bunch of giant planters that people steal the flowers out of. Don't ask me how I know, but that happens. Okay, I'll tell you how I know. We got people will sink so low. They will sink so low. In my neighborhood, we have these the big, you know, I think it was the second mayor daily who started like the 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 flower planting craze. His wife was really into flowers every we looked like a funeral in this city for a while. But every neighborhood got its own planter. Woohoo, we got planters. I've had two shootings, by the way, within six houses of where I live. But the flowers, awesome, thank you. So they planted them. It wasn't so bad this year. They planted lovely flowers and they have a truck that goes around and waters them. And then I don't know who would sink so low to do this, but I noticed that the, there were like holes in the planters where the flowers had been. Someone was absconding with the flowers out of the neighborhood planters. I, mean, I know it's better than shooting people, but come on, really? So, you know, I'd like an alderman who polices my flower planters a little better than the one I've got right now. It's a petty thing, I suppose, but 
I would I would like the flowers to stay. I think we need a neighborhood watch for the planters in our neighborhood next year. Just to, you know, leave that ivy alone, please. Leave 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 that impatience right where it was. Don't you touch it. So the aldermanic races will be worth watching this year. Those will be fun. You know what I'm having a craving for, Henry? I would if I could, could we just one more time Hear the Herschel Walker commercial. It's not for Herschel, I promise you. If you got up this hour, you did not hear my favorite political commercial where they took regular people and put them one at a time in a room and played Herschel Walker's speeches for them and recorded their reactions. I, I If you haven't heard it, I, I want you to hear it before I go home today. Could Could we do that as a courtesy? All right. Let Herschel rip. Don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway. Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie. I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night. But it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people. What the hell is he talking about? Is he serious? Is he for real? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? What is he talking I about? I that, so I don't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. Oh, my gosh. He's talking about vampires and werewolves right now. Yeah, y'all serious about this, right? So I've been telling this little story about this bull out in the field. What? This is cow. And three of them are pregnant. There's no substance. There's nothing. So you know you got something going on. It makes me want to laugh, and then it makes me think we're in trouble. But all he cared about... It's kept his nose against the fence, looking at three other cows that then belong to him. Now all he had to do is eat grass. This video is ridiculous. I asked 35 seconds of my life I'll never get back. Why would I want someone like that leading the state of Georgia? I was good at it, decided to float over to China. Bad air. Unbelievable. So when China gets out good air, their bad air got to move. It's all the same air. Not only does it make no sense, I don't even understand what he thinks he's saying. So it moves over to our good air spaces. <laughs> and now we got to clean that back up. I sit and watch these on Twitter and I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like, literally, what is he talking about? He's completely unqualified for this really, really serious job. No one's watching this and being like, oh, man, that guy's got it together. And sometimes, like, I read through the comments because I'm like, is anybody actually understanding, or are we just sitting here wasting time? It is embarrassing. Let's call it what it is. It is embarrassing. They just care about getting a yes man, somebody that had just punched the button. I think it's a risk to me and millions of Georgians to put this man in a position of power. Let's call it what it is. This is embarrassing as hell. At all. I mean, well, you know. I love that ad. I just I could play that ad all day almost I think if you ha- if if you haven't seen it you it's not to be missed you've heard the best is really you've just heard the best part of it truly I mean then everybody old people young people every race ethnic look that everyone was appalled but again, you know, I would love to see the response of the people who are supporting him. I would have loved that as the alternate take. I truly would have. I should remind you that we're just a few minutes away from Stephanie Miller's show and that Santita will be back tomorrow, which is an important thing for her to be back tomorrow. And it has been a true pleasure being here with you. We still have a few moments and I'm trying to get to the texts here. 
Uh, somebody wanted to text me here about Carrie Lake, the Arizona race. Yeah, she's. Uh, she, I believe that there are people who are fighting it, even though it was already decided. That's so weird. They they adjudicated the ballots. The ballots were approved. They were rat. What, how, what's the formal language for it? Ratified. It's very, it's weird. It would be like chasing a plane down the tarmac. Like, you can't catch it. It's going to take off without you. Go and wait in the lounge for the next flight, dude. You can't get on that plane. But they're not giving up. It's, it's, it's very peculiar. You sort of wonder some of these election denier people. I... I have to say, I've watched a a couple of friends go down the rabbit hole. It's been a hard thing to see. It's been, and you can't, there's no logic. You can, there's nothing. It would be like seeing them selling George Harrison's book with shaved heads at the airport. There's like nothing you can say to people at a certain point. Logic does not apply. Logic does not apply in Arizona to these people. And I've spent a fair amount of time in Arizona. Here's how illogical they are. Here's how crazed. I was there just like a year ago before the, I'm trying to remember, was the, yeah, the election denial thing was in full swing there. It was before Carrie Lake, before this election. But there was, there were two stores. One was in, uh, the town of Jerome, and one was in this little town of Cottonwood in up by Sedona. We were visiting friends, and I remember there was a store that had some really cute stuff in there. And I thought, I would like to go into this store and see what they have. And the person had a big sign in the window all about pedophilia and Biden and in the window of their store. What point can you, I mean, if that's your private, keep it to yourself. I mean, do you not want to sell me that pair of Ed Hardy sneakers? Like, well, why can't I buy that pair of Ed Hardy sneakers if I want it? I can't buy it because you're nuts and you've just told me not to come into your store because I'll just be funding your trip to riot through the Capitol. And I'm not going to fund your trip to riot through the Capitol. Let somebody else do that. That's how nuts they are in Arizona. They run businesses. There was a guy up in Arizona, I'm sorry, in Jerome, had a hot sauce store with all these Republican branded hot sauces. And I'm like, dude, I'm not buying your hot sauce. Run your store on other people's money. Sell them your hot sauce. I cannot even imagine having a store where right out front of your store, you say, I don't want your wallet. I only want your wallet. But that is how nuts they are in Arizona. And that's why when all this crazy stuff with Carrie Lake, like, now they've approved the ballots, but but we don't. That's when I knew it was, it was just Arizona business as usual. Okay, Santita Jackson will be back tomorrow. Thanks for making me welcome. I'm Tori Ryder, and this is WCPT Radio. Stephanie Miller next.